This episode is brought to you by the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Sometimes everything just clicks. Like when your favorite song comes on at just the right time. When there's two tickets left for the show. When everyone in the crew can agree on what album to listen to. When everything just feels right. That's the feeling of the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Available with all-wheel drive, Qi wireless charging, and advanced JBL sound system. It's everything you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Learn more at toyota.com. Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google slash certificates. Did you just put us live? Yeah, put yeah, us live. Okay. Welcome to Unmatch the Hatch. I'm Landon. I'm Cliff. I'm Zach. Uh, and I'm Ian. And we are a outdoor podcast based in South Texas, maybe Central Texas, Hill Country. South Central. South Central. South Central, Hill Country. I cover all your grounds. Three of us are in San Antonio, and then Ian's in Austin. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just Mexico's say that we all live in Let's just... uh, halfway between, like, Kyle Buda or New Braunfels. <laughs> We're based out of New Braunfels because that's the middle. <laughs> that's the middle of everything. I want to start a petition to change how people pronounce Buda or Buda. Why? To Buddha, <laughs> to Why? make it easier. If you Google how it's spelled, Buddha comes up. It should be Buddha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's Buddha. It's Buddha. Man, I'm, always... I'm pretty sure Buddha is B U D D H A. Yeah, <laughs> like spelled really different. I don't know about that. I Googled it and it didn't like say, "Did you mean B U D D H A?" Let me let me are change. You, well, it's because it knows you live next to a town called Buddha. Google doesn't know that. They should just rename that town Cabela's because that's where the Cabela's Oh, yeah, that's the only reason. (laughs) I mean, they have that whole Cabela's Avenue. Yeah, it's the main street in that town is Cabela's Ave. It's it's 35 and then Cabela's Avenue. (laughs) Yeah, but 35 is a highway, not a street, right? Uh, very true. There's more red lights on Cabela's Avenue. (laughs) Is it really Cabela's Avenue? Yeah. It's Cabela's something. Cabela's Drive, Cabela's uh, Street. I think it's Drive. I remember when they built it, like, uh, 2005 or six, and, yeah, they put in their own street. <laughs> Imagine just flexing on the whole town, like, okay, we're going to name this street. Cabela's. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. I wonder if that was in the terms of, like, Cabela's coming to Buda, if they were, like, in the contract, we have to get our own street name, or we're not coming. Or maybe Buda wanted them so bad, they're like, hey, let's just go ahead and go out a whim. And call it Cabela's Avenue and hope they come. They probably <laughs> did because... Like, if you build it, they will come sort of situation. Yeah. I guarantee... Well, I don't think... I don't think that they built it before, necessarily, the contract to get a Cabela's in Buda started. If that makes sense. Like, they built, they built a street. I bet Buda built the street once they had the contract that 
Cabela's was going to go in there. Oh, yeah. Is there a Cabela's in San Antonio? No, we got Bass Pro, like Bass a real that's America. What, that's what I thought, yeah. I remember they were saying they just wanted to put it close to Austin and San Antonio both. Yeah. Do y'all prefer Cabela's or Bass Pro? Cabela's. It's Ooh. the same thing. No, it's not. No. Yes, it is. I mean, I know they're owned by the same company, and they have similar products, but Cabela's has, like, the Bargain Cave. It has a fly fishing I, set. Well, I guess. I am a Cabela's guy. Yeah, for Difficult. sure. Yeah, I am. I think yeah. it's very dependent on which one you have. Yeah. I always, I always like, when I was a kid, and <clears throat> I'd go with my granddad, we could go to Cabela's or Bass Pro in, like, Dallas-Fort Worth. Bass Pro, 100% of the time. I have that, like, childhood experience of Bass Pro. So, for me, it's Bass Pro. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that guy who swam in the Bass Pro tank? I saw that. He went. He got like. Uh, well, he got TikTok famous for like five minutes, and they banned his account. But they got him arrested. It also got him arrested. Yeah. So he did get his fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, I would give up TikTok for fifteen minutes of fame. <laughs> I gave exactly. up TikTok That's for free. Even trade. <laughs> I don't even really That's understand. Worth it. I don't even really understand what TikTok is. Don't like I watch it. videos. You just gotta do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? What did you just do in my yard? Cliff is showing us his cheerleading choreography. Well, no, because you know all of TikTok are just those girls dancing to random rap songs, and it's always the same dance moves to it. Yeah, that's true. So you have TikTok? No. So how do you know this? Because they come up on Instagram, and I have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, do, do, but like, isn't like China like spying on everything? Yeah, like apparently the yeah. U.S. is about to ban it. Yeah. The, the only things that I found on TikTok... Are through Reddit, through the Karen subreddit, oh, yeah, and it's like Karen's going off on poor yeah. retail employees. Apparently, it's like a better Vine though. Do you remember Vine? I just want Vine back. Vine was great. Yeah, thirty I, second clips, not the dancing six second clips. Yeah, second clips. It was solid. Yeah. So what's the difference between Vine and TikTok? Vine closed down like yep. years ago. Like it was around like early high school. Yeah, for Vine, me, mine was like six seconds, and you could like do whatever you want in that six seconds, like little video clips. Yeah, it's like Twitter for videos. Yeah, but TikTok mm-hmm. is primarily like Twitter for people who can't read. Yeah, because it's like really like <laughs> music heavy. Vine wasn't as music involved. Mm. Like you can put mm. even copyrighted songs mm. on your TikTok, but you can't on Vine, or you couldn't on Vine. I gotcha. So, hunting and fishing. Yeah, we should probably talk about hunting and fishing. Let's go back to Cabela's real quick. I like them because I got a really good deal on a um, over-under there. It was way underpriced. And so Cabela's, I love them. For the that. Bargain Cave? Did you get it from the Bargain yeah, Cave? Yeah, they. I told them when I, I had, I bought a Ruger Red Label that's 30 years old. So like America's attempt at building a double gun. <laughs> and That's not true. We have side-by-sides and we perfected that's that. That's true. But, um... I told him, I'm like, you know, this is undervalued. And the guy's like, man, we got it from someone who brought it in. And it was their grandpa's. And I'm like, this should be more so. Yeah, I just think they have good deals, like Zach said. And, yeah. And I like it. Cliff and I, I used it a lot when we went dove hunting. And it works really well. And it's kind of cool to have a gun that's like 30 years old. I honestly don't care one way or the other for them. Like, I'm not pro 
Cabela's anti-Bass Pro. I'm not pro-Bass Pro anti-Cabela's. I don't have a love for either one of them. No. Mm. I just, I use what's around because it's around. Mm-hmm. You're very practical, Cliff. I'd, and, I mean, <clears throat> it's a major box outdoor store. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. I say it, the quality of stuff, in my opinion. I mean, uh, they both sell Yetis, so you're probably satisfied, huh? I don't think so. So, Landon, how, how was your Wyoming trip? Oh, man, Wyoming was great. So, I leave San Antonio, and COVID cases are under control. Go to Wyoming, I come back, and it's out of control. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Zach I guess, around sneezing on I've people. been telling people I'm like San Antonio's Batman, I'm the glue that holds the city together. Yeah, but then you came back, and we're still, we're worse off than we were two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, but my mask malfunctioned, so I can't go out in public. Yeah, okay. They, like, put up the bat signal, but it's just a mask with Landon's initials. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Honey Hole Angling logo. It's the Honey right. Hole Angling yeah, logo. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. But, man, Wyoming was great. Um, we rented a cabin near Laramie, Wyoming, on the Big Laramie River. It was my wife's family, and we were right next to Medicine Bow National Forest, so we got to play in the National Forest. We got to chill in the cabin. We never really went out to eat. It just and we all we cooked at the house and just had a good time. It was it was great. I fished every day, so can't really complain. We ATV'd. My complaint about you fishing there is that when you caught the grayling, you did not do the quintessential grayling pose as the pitcher when you posted it on Instagram. Were you like flip up the the yeah? I did. I do have some flipped up fin pictures, but because I was on the GoPro and it was filming, when I did that, my head was actually cropped out, (laughs) so you can only see my body. Yeah, but that's all I care about. Is my body? (laughs) (laughs) Wow! I just want to see the fish. Yeah, yeah. The GoPro made things interesting. I did do the. The, the fin hold up, but um, yeah, for, it was a little, it was a little, I was a little sad at how that turned out when I went back to the footage. But. For the longest time, a grayling was probably my number one fish that I wanted to catch, just because of the really, fin. yeah, yeah, the fin's crazy. Just yeah, because of the like fin, purple and speckled, mm-hmm. they're neat. Well, that top fin too, if you look at it, has like red spots in it. Yeah. It's really cool. It, when I first started fly fishing and like doing my research and stuff, I was like, oh, a grayling. Graylings, graylings. We should do a grayling trip. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be awesome. Where we just... What did you... Go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. I was going to say, what did you catch it on? I caught it on a parachute Adams dry fly. Ooh. I'm a purist. What can I say? Don't lie. It was a cricket and a bobber. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a cane pole. Landed like wearing a 1990s fishing vest. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a Tinkara rod with a cricket on the hook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's why, you know, I cropped certain things out of that video. I didn't want y'all to know my tackle I used. Yeah. Spin rod. Spin rod at the coast. Spin rod at the coast. Spin rod How was the, the weather? Was it cold or was it up It there, was or? dry and windy. Mm. So reminiscent of Lubbock. Yeah. And the nights got cool. So it got down to like 40s, 50s at night. So we just slept with the windows open. It was really nice. It was like 
95 at the hottest and dry and windy. And then the nights were nice and cool. So it was perfect. Were you guys in drift boats or were you waiting? Well, so we did two days on the North Platte, and we mm-hmm. did uh, drift boats. And then the rest of the trip was waiting. So we did two days on the North Platte. We fished a stretch called Treasure Island or Treasure Cove. I've read that book. Um, it's treasure something. I didn't find any treasure, but the fishing was really good. <laughs> and um, then I fished uh, uh, two days on the Big Laramie River. Then I fished in Medicine Bow National Forest. I fished some lakes. Uh, I really kind of got a the total package on, like, variety of water because I fished small creeks, lakes. You know, the Big Laramie River is, like, I would consider, like, a medium-sized river, and then the North Platte's a, a fairly large river. So I kind of got the whole, the whole spectrum while I was there. The only thing that didn't produce for me was the lakes. Um... I fished a spillway that was kind of like fishing a lake, but I caught a lot of fish out of there. But when I actually went to a fish to lake, I didn't have any luck. Lakes are just hard on a fly rod without like a raft. Yeah, because I think fishing on lakes is almost as hard as like fishing at the coast, but with not the amount of uh, scenery and things that make it actually enjoyable. Well, you know what? So couple things the reason i wanted to fish the lake is because i the intel i received was that there were grayling in the lake and i hadn't caught a grayling and so i fished the lake and i also hauled a pontoon boat up there but forgot the pump so my goal was to get out on the pontoon boat float around paddle around try to find some grayling because apparently in the lake they were in big school so if i could find the school and then just cast in the school it was going to be easy money you mean like one of those U-shaped raft things? Is that what you mean by a pontoon? Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, I mean like a U, yeah, but like your feet kind of dangle yeah. in the water. Yeah. 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 I, I have a wooden. Like I wouldn't call is that. Is it like a belly boat. boat, or do you sit on top of it? You, you sit, sit on top. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I didn't have the pump, so I like wade fished it for a little while, and then got, I hooked up with one fish, but it broke off, and then I got bored because I was like wade fishing a lake, and it just wasn't that fun. So then I went to the Big Laramie River, and I got skunked that first day. And there were, like, gray drakes hatching everywhere, but there were zero fish rising. And then, so I was fishing, like, dry droppers hard in, like, great runs. And then that didn't work, so I switched to a... So I switched to a... Um, nymphing rig, thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be able to nymph here and just slay fish. Couldn't catch anything nymphing. So then I bolted and gave up. Now it was the day before we left. So the next morning we were leaving at like 11 a.m. So I got up early, went back to the Laramie. That's when I caught the grayling, which no one told me that they were grayling in the big Laramie. Um, so it was like kind of a cool, like the surprised. lake failed. And then I got schooled on the Laramie. And so I went back the next morning and caught a grayling. So it kind of all came together at the end. On the plat, I caught probably like 15 to 20 fish a day and like really good fish. And on the creek, did really well fishing. So like the Laramie is really the only thing that kind of was really tough, except the our house was on the Laramie. So when I'd kind of go out and fish the bank, you know, just for like 30 minutes, I would catch fish there. It's just when I like specifically went and waited the Laramie in the middle of the day, it 
it it was rough. It was really rough. So what'd you mm. catch on the plat? The plat was browns and rainbows. And uh, the biggest fish I caught, like a 20-inch brown and a 20-inch rainbow. I just want I, I knew that. I just I wanted to, the listeners, listeners to know. Man, Cliff, you're like you're such a good podcaster. <laughs> this is like episode one, and you got this dialed Look, in. We got tons of listeners already, I know. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we probably need to like introduce ourselves. Did we or, already introduce ourselves? Me and you like, did. Yeah, <laughs> no, we kind of did. No, we said our names, but we never like really gave like, an introduction. Yeah, of like who why we are we doing this? And because the whole point of this podcast, before we got off on tangents, was that we were gonna like let y'all get to know us and kind of how we all met each other and what we do in the outdoors. Because our goal of this podcast is we all fly fish and we all fly fish together. That's how we kind of all met each other. But at the flip side, we also like hunting. We also like camping and just being outside. And that's why you can hear all the weird noises because we're podcasting outside. There's like weird bugs making and mosquitoes noises everywhere. and mosquitoes. I had to pull out the um, off deep woods just from my front yard this is, so we could podcast. Is this the uh, the sponsor for the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor yet. But maybe they should. <laughs> off, hit me up. <laughs> um. But, okay, go ahead, Cliff. I want to go back. I, we can just put a sidebar in later. But I want to talk to you about... Uh, Aerosols in the environment? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, bug spray. You know what bug spray I cannot find anymore? What? And it's one I know me and you use. I believe you probably do. Bullfrog? Bingo! I have some in. I have some inside. That's the one that's like sunscreen and yeah, the bullfrog mosquito coast. I've checked Target. I've checked Walmart. I've checked CVS. I've checked outdoor stores. I've checked Academy. I've checked all these places. No one's carrying bullfrog anymore. Wait, it's sunscreen bug spray combination. Yes, it's amazing. Always used off. It it works really well. It does. It's a little oily. But uh-huh. it works really well for sunscreen and bug spray. I'd say it's but never Cliff, than this. I know what your problem is. Your refusal to be an Amazon Prime member has you running all around town in search of random things. No, look it up on Amazon Prime. I, that's where I got mine from. So you're going to tell ago? I don't know, like five, six months. He has been no, a- he's like I'm five saying, or six I'm years ago. In the, <laughs> in the past, like, quarter. <laughs> two weeks, I've tried Amazon when. Because I got Cynthia to look it up. And does it was, she have a Prime membership? She does. Okay, I, I guess have, you kind of... I have access to Prime. I guess you're loophole. That's true. If I had access to Prime, I probably wouldn't pay for it. Huh? If you had yeah. access to Prime. Yeah, I, I have access to Prime. I just don't see why I need it twice in the same apartment. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but That's she true. looked it up, and the price for like a two-can combo was astronomically high. Like, it was almost like... Fifty dollars, I think she said. Oh no, I bought mine for like eight dollars. It was yeah, a single I know, can, which is what the normal price would be and should be. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, on Amazon, when we looked it up, it was jacked up. Is that a COVID thing or? I don't know. I mean, I looked Ooh, it up during. It might co- be a COVID. I'm thing. wondering. Everything's a COVID thing. Yeah. My friends wanted to do a uh, um, kind of a West Coast. Um, highway rv trip and he contacted a bunch of places um and they 
are all sold out. So I think there's a lot of people out there like trekking around America, hunting and fishing, and they're just kind of waiting out COVID. You found it. Bullfrog sunscreen. Three pack is $38. Also, it is FSA and HSA eligible. So if you contribute... I can use my HSA. <laughs> you can use your HSA. I'm just saying, when I looked like <laughs> two weeks ago before we went to uh, Garner, mm, it, it, it's it not was completely... Yeah. Because we that was find it. that one was that I just looked at was sunscreen only. The combo is it's like a one uh a one pack. No, it's a two pack. You're right, forty dollars. Yeah, dang. But I found something kind of comparable. Uh, cactus juice. Like just raw? No, not <laughs> not, <laughs> not legit. Not, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, just, if you don't have any bullfrog, you just cut yourself into a cactus. <laughs> rub it on you like <laughs> aloe vera. Um, You're getting No, uh, it's a it's a sunscreen brand. Uh, Good Sports turned me on to it because I went in there and looked for bullfrog, and I was like, I can't find this anywhere. Do y'all carry it? Do you, can you get your hands on it? He's like. Nah, I don't even really know what that is, but I have this, and it seems like the same thing, and a lot of people swear by it. It's more of a lotion than a spray, but it's not greasy mm. at all. Mm. But then when I started looking, they were like, yeah, we're discontinuing this. So, Oh, really? <laughs> I, I mean, wonder how... Like, at the end of the day, though, even if they discontinue every sunscreen bug spray combo, like it's not that hard to put sunscreen No, it's spray. just a pain. Yeah. It's out of being lazy. Well, what it just keeps you up at night. What happens is, is <laughs> like, you, you know, like a combo like that is great for like if you go to Belize or something and you travel, and it's like something that you would have to take two of that you can combine into one and save safe space packing. You know, if you drive somewhere, it's just like one less thing. If it's a combo, uh, it, it just makes things a little bit easier. So, yeah. <laughs> we know we're just waiting on Cliff now. So, Zach, why don't you like background information on yourself, and how do you like know everyone in the group? How did you meet everyone in the group? Mm. Okay. I mean, how how detailed we getting? So, like the whole life story. So, what? I mean, I've known you and Ian. I've known Ian the longest for sure. Wait, how'd you know? Mm-hmm. Did you know Ian in college? Like, yeah. legit know Ian yeah. in college? Yeah, like, my first week of college, Ian knocked on my dorm door, and, like, we hung out. Oh, we should also mention that uh, me, Zach, and Ian are all Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yeah. We're very proud. Mm-hmm. Very proud. Cliff went to some school in Georgia. West Georgia. West Georgia. I'm a wolf. Go West, go Wolves. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's your hand sign? <laughs> oh. Oh, he's literally making like a wolf with his hands. Yeah, that's like, actually a cool. It's like the old school, like if you watch WWE and all that, when they had the wolf pack gang, it's legitimately the exact same sign. Yeah, that's a yeah, cool sign. That's cool. That's I mean, actually, I'd go to a basketball game and how? Yeah, I'd howl all the time. Their basketball program was actually pretty good. I mean, yeah. how do you meet somebody? Like, if you're like, are like, oh, hey, we both went to West Georgia. Do you guys like just howl at each other? <laughs> nah, it's pretty small town. He's just, <laughs> just no dirt between the age of like 20 and like 25 or whatever. 18 to 25, they're probably a university student of some mm. sort. Yeah. But so three Red Raiders, and 
interestingly enough, I guess Zach know, knew me and Ian independently in college. Yeah, for sure. And But I did not know Ian no. in college. Mm-mm. So go ahead. can f- Go on with your story about so Ian knocking had, on your dorm room. That's weird. Yeah. No, I mean, it was all, it was, I guess, hey, uh, how did he do Did he go, hey, you want to hang out? Yeah. That's no. pretty much. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I'm so sketchy. He, no. was like, he was like, hey, I'm having a get-together at my place on Thursday. You want to come hang out? I was like, okay. He got he knock on your door and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting a dog," and then not do it for the next year and a half. I don't know. Wow. He didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. No. So Zach and I were part of a student ministry organization, and what year was that, Zach? 2010, probably. Yeah, that was 2010. Yeah. 2010. Yeah, man. And so Zach and I, yeah, that's how we met, uh, and we. We used to rock climb together. I don't know if Lane yeah. and Nick know that, but me and Zach used to rock climb together. That's uh, true. I forgot about that. That was fun. How neat is that? Did you all know that? Yeah. And we knew um, for a while. Like, that's, man, 10 years ago. That's pretty neat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot, like, cl- uh, yeah. climbing at the rock wall there in, in uh, at Tech. How big was y'all's yeah, rock we, wall? It was, it was, it was a good huge, size. Man. Best in the Big 12. Yeah. Best it in was the Big best 12. In the Big 12 that's, yeah. a, that's the only thing. <laughs> no, actually, it, it was, was best yeah, in the Big 12. It was the largest 12. in the Big 12, yeah. You know, we can't win much in the Big 12, so when we get something, we we latch onto it. Well, you could say that when we were there. Tech had an amazing chess team. Got, did did chef y'all go there when so Tuberville was there? Yes. Yeah, Tuberville. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. Say, I know him from his Auburn days where he was amazing. Apparently now he's a senator. No, uh, he no, he's won running. The, he won the primary. Oh. He's going to face off in Doug Jones. No you politics know, here. Tuberville, That's true. Yeah, no politics. Well, we're not endorsing him. We're just saying what a man's doing now. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. What a man. It was, it's nice to get out that everyone knows from here on. Tuberfield is running against Doug Jones. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> we're not talking politics. We're <laughs> saying what a man's doing. <laughs> Do you guys remember Zach and Landon when Tuberville beat Oklahoma at home? Oh, that yeah. was like his one. That was his one redeeming thing. Yeah. He yeah. like won the first at home game against Oklahoma, like for any team in like three years or something. Yeah, like yeah that. we beat them in yeah. Norman, but then we set yes. Lubbock on fire. <laughs> yes, that makes a lot moving, of on. <laughs> oh. moving on. So y'all want to hear a little a little tea about Tuberfield of what I know on him. So, apparently, you remember in, I guess it was, whenever Auburn won the undefeated the season. Bowl. When mm-hmm. they had their undefeated season. Uh, yep. Tuberfield took on 13-0. But they didn't go to national championships because schedule didn't allow it. Not like, oh, we're too busy this weekend. But their schedule wasn't as tough or whatever as mm. some of the, whoever did go. So then the next year, they kind of had a med year, and then the next year, I believe, they also had a med year. But do y'all know what, like, the yellow fellow wood guy is? Do y'all have the yellow wood? What? Yellow wood? Yeah. Like, it's a it's a lumber company. I know the one that has, like, 76. I, I think it's safe to say we have no idea. Okay. In the southeast, there was a particular, like, brand of lumber. And it was called, like, Yellowwood. And their commercial was, like, this... He's kind of a chunky-looking guy who... They dress up like a cowboy, and he rides a horse in, and he's like, I'm the yeller feller, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Durka-durka-dur. 
And then <laughs> apparently he was an Auburn alumni or something and gave money to the school, and he had it out for Tuberfield for some reason. And uh, that's why Auburn decided to get rid of him. That's what I always heard. Well, it probably wasn't because he ran out on the bill through the back door one time. Yeah. Did he do that? Yeah, yeah. he was like, he, awesome. I don't know the exact thing, <laughs> but like he set up a recruiting event where he was taking out a student and like um, the athletic director of tech or something. And then like he was like, oh, hey, I got to go use the restroom. But this was while he's at tech. Hey, this was, he's employed at tech, right? He's like, I got to go use the restroom. He leaves the restaurant, flies to Cincinnati, and the next day takes a job coaching for Cincinnati, like University of Cincinnati. Nice. He probably, I mean, it's like a a bad rom-com where the guy just doesn't like his date. So he takes like a football player out trying to recruit him and all that other stuff. And he's like, nah, I go and sneaks out the bathroom window. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those little square ones. (laughs) So back to how Ian and Cliff. I want to know something real quick. What was the dinner? Oh, I don't know. One of the fancy places in Lubbock probably. What consists of that? Like a oh, you can eat buffet. Lots of burritos, probably. <laughs> no, West, West Texas has there. some a lot of steak. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. I was hoping it's Golden Corral. That'd make it even better. <laughs> yeah, a lot of steak. I mean, because like everybody there has cows. So, all right. So, go ahead. What was your question? Wayne? So back to Zach's. Personal story. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, I knew you guys from college. Mm-hmm. Then, what, three or four years ago, decided that I was going to fly fish forever. Not really. I just been wanting to try it for a while, and I was in the Smoky Mountains, and my brother and I took a guide and caught some of the tiniest brook trout I think I've ever seen. But, man, but I was... native. Man, they're native. Brook trout, beautiful, and just... Man, I ate it up. It was like... It re- the thing that really like, stuck, out, stuck out to me was... When I was a kid, like, growing up in the Texas Hill Country, like, just putting on, like, some muck boots and just, like, going through the woods, hiking through creeks, like, finding whatever you could. Um, and it just, like, really brought me back to that. And I loved it for that. Plus, I mean, like, you're stomping through the creeks, like, having a great time, but you're also catching, like, these beautiful fish. So then after that, I, like, came back to San Antonio and was immediately like, oh, like, I kind of remember landing from college I think he's working at this the store in San Antonio. Like I'm, and I know he fly fishes a ton, so I'm going to go to that store and see if I run into him and then talk to him about it. So, so did you meet Landon after he moved here? Yeah. Again? Well, yeah, yeah. So like, I we, thought y'all were still together or hooked up while he was in Austin. No, no, no. We didn't know each other in Austin. Yeah, like we, we only reconnected after, and we barely knew each other in college. We were Facebook friends, and that was really about it. Yeah, we we That's were really like we are connected through like an. Uh, organization at Tech, and right. we, like, knew each other for a bit. Right. But we weren't ever, I would say, like, friends. We no. never hung out or anything. Yeah, we weren't friends in like, college. Like, I we didn't knock on his door and, like, hey, you want to come to my place and hang yeah, out? didn't you invite know? me to do a scavenger hunt. <laughs> I think Ian hung up. No, he is there. Cause he no, I'm still here. He didn't catch that you were kind of poking at him. Yeah. I do it a lot, so sometimes he just ignores me. So, yeah, then we met at the store. Yeah. And now you've been fly fishing ever since. Okay, so let's grill him with questions. What is your most memorable fish? 
Ooh, uh, first bird trout's pretty great. Um, hmm, man, that's a tough question. Oh, uh, probably either the brown trout that we caught in the quad mm-hmm. that we were the in the finless raft, one, the finless one, um, or when I went out with my wife Kendall and caught a few trout, maybe. What about the guad we caught on the Lano with the drone? That one was a good because that was a good size guad. That's my best guad, and yeah. that's like, and I absolutely love guad bass. bass. Um, Wait, no, you, you caught a guad with it, a on a drone? No, like, no, no. Was it, was it, oh, <laughs> he was no. with a drone. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard this story. <laughs> we had a buddy videoing us, and I like we were almost about to quit, and uh, literally, I'm I did one more cast before he like brings in the drone. And I'm just, like, blindly, like, stripping in. And all of a sudden, my line goes tight, and I have, like, the largest guad I've ever caught. Um, and, and not to mention, so, like, the backstory of this fish is that we took a buddy out who had a drone fishing, and he brought his drone with him, but it was super windy. So he actually wasn't able to pull it out. And we found this, like, little spot where there's no wind. So he's like, hey, we might have, like, a 15-minute window to pull the drone out. And we're like, great. So he pulls it out. And we're just, like, doing dummy fishing because, you know, it's not, like, the best spot to catch a fish. And then he films for, like, 10 minutes, and Zach is, like, hitting the same one hole for, like, 10 minutes. And as soon as he brings the drone down, Zach catches a fish out of this single hole that we were fishing. Yeah, yeah we were just trying to get some good shots and of, like, casting from, like, a drone angle. Yeah. And then literally... Like, things are about to end, and all of a sudden, the same spot I've casted in, like, 20 times, I pull on this massive yeah. quad. It was just... Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And now he's no longer here. The quad? No. The friend. Jack. Yeah, no, he moved. Yeah, unfortunately. He Jack was a great dude. Yeah. He was. I really yeah. liked him. Yeah, Jack was a great dude. Jack, if you ever listen to this podcast, we love you. Yeah. Move back to Texas. Yeah, move back to yeah. Texas. Yeah, for sure. I know the southeast is great. No, but I, th- I think going back to your question after thinking about it, the best fish I've ever caught was going to Gua- uh, to Colorado like a year after I started fly fishing mm-hmm. and catching a brown trout without a guide because it was the first time I had ever caught a trout on my own without any help from anybody. Like I got mm. there. I knew what to do. I knew mm. where to hit. That is probably the my, it's like the, the best puzzle fish. came together finally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like because trout fishing yeah. is so technical. like technical and figuring out how it all works. Yeah. And then like that was the first time that like I didn't have anybody there to help me and I was catching fish like doing what I thought was right and it was like probably like the most accomplished I'd felt mm. fishing. So yeah, that's probably the best fish I've ever caught. You have a follow up question, Cliff. No, I feel like uh, I feel like that covers that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that question though. We could just go no, around. I do, I do like that question for yeah. everyone. What's yeah. your most memorable fish? Yeah. For sure. Ian, you want to go next? Yeah, I think um, the first time mine is actually probably the first time I caught a trout, which was in the Guadalupe River and uh, in Texas, and. I remember I was a brand new fly fisherman. It was on a woolly bugger. I was lined up with all these guys. I had no idea what I was doing, but I saw a big flash and cast it at it and somehow hooked it. It was probably 16 inches, 17 inch fish. 
Um, but just, it was like the moment, it was kind of similar to Zach, the vein of what Zach was talking about, where you kind of do it on your own mm-hmm. and by yourself. And I didn't really know what I was doing too. So yeah. it, it, but that, I hate, I don't like the term like, oh, it hooked me, but it really, there's like a big feeling of an accomplishment, like especially with Trout, like Zach said, mm-hmm. when you do it by yourself, because they are so difficult. Yeah. So that was it. I still have a picture of it. It was in 2014. Um, called Rainbow Trout. All these guys lined up, you know, 50 feet away. <laughs> kind of like, giving me the, the evil eye, like, oh my gosh. Um, and it was really cold. I remember that too. I didn't have waiters because I couldn't afford them. So I was wearing uh, Chacos and shorts and a jacket. <laughs> and it was like 50 degrees outside. The water is warmer than that, of course. But I had to go into... Uh, I, I caught the fish, got out of the water, went into a store, and my legs were really, really cold. And I went in, and I was like, do you guys have coffee? And they gave it to me for free because they felt bad for me. <laughs> and I guess I looked pretty bad, too. But, of but course, they were like, Ian did you catch coffee. anything? Yeah. Yeah, I love coffee. And they and I did that. And it was just a fun experience. The, the, it was this, uh, this lady running the store and she was like, honey, you look like you're freezing to death. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But it was cool. You know, it's the first time you do like Jack said, that was probably my favorite memory. Ian. So, uh, let's backtrack a little bit. How did you get into fly fishing? And then how do you know this group? Okay. Yeah. So I know Zach in college. Um, like I said, we were in a, like a student ministry organization together and he signed up and I was, um, he had said he wanted to be contacted or something. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I just didn't randomly show up and try to hang out, but, uh, you did that. And so I started fishing in 2014. I was in Idaho with family and, um, just that part of the world is, huge on fly fishing so my uncle was like we should try this and so we were on i think the idaho falls river and he convinced the guide to actually drive out there uh with a bunch of rods i don't know how he organized that yeah it was the idaho falls river and um is that the name of it? And so we just went out there and we had a guide and they were kind of teaching us to cast. And um, I think I caught, like, I don't even know if I caught a fish or if I caught a tiny little trout. But um, I came back to Austin probably a week later and I thought it was really cool. I remember talking to the guide, his hotel guide, and her name was Jennifer. And she said, I said, how did you start fly fishing? And she said, I moved out here um 15 years ago uh to guide for one season during college and i uh or after college and i never left and i was like you never left she said nope this is the 15th year and i remember one thing she had this dog he was a golden retriever and he climbed out of uh her truck window like the window was cracked and he got his paws up there and pushed the river the window down and climbed out but i just thought it was super cool and i was just testing her with questions about fishing and fly fishing and I just kind of thought it was beautiful and so I came back to Austin went to um, one of the fishing stores that Landon later worked at he didn't work there at the time and bought a rod and just kind of hung out in fly shops and um, tried to do it on my own I was like I'm new to this 
how do I get started? And, and then probably a few weeks later is when I caught that trout on the guad. So, nice. and then started in salt water a few years later. Um, I met Landon, um, when he was working at the store, uh, a few years later, he walked in there or I walked in there and we kind of realized we went to the same university and, uh, I think you invited me to go fishing one time, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, I think we either that Atlanta. or vice versa. We were like, "Yeah, let's go fishing," because we hit it off. Yeah, we just, so well. Yeah, we hit it off, and we just were chatting for a while, and we we're like, "We should go fishing." So we did that, and I'm gonna click through you guys, and because we were at Pinkett Barbecue for Landon's birthday, but probably a year or two ago. I really wanted to start bird hunting and I was really interested in doing that. And I remember, I think I reached out to Cliff on Facebook. I think we were friends. Yeah. I think it was Facebook and I messaged him about bird hunting and then he was like, just call me. So I called him. I think it was 2018. So we started chatting and we were talking and then I had dove hunted a little bit with my uncle, but I wanted to start doing some bird hunting and I knew Cliff was a hunter. So, and then he called me one time and was like, Hey man, just drive down here. You can stay at my place and we'll go, we'll go hunting. And we did that and became buddies and did a ton of trips. And he had, he has a bird dog named Hatch and we just kind of became better friends that way. Nice. So quick yeah. side note, cause you mentioned, you know, you met Cliff when we went to Franklin's one year for my birthday. Yeah, uh, I just want to point out that Ian is famous because he was <laughs> featured in a Franklin's Masterclass Master video. No for way. All of like I was two like seconds. in the background wearing a Sitka shirt. I don't know if I'm yeah. featured, but I've met Aaron Franklin like three times. He's a super nice guy. I don't know him, but I've met him, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure all of y'all were aware. You can see Ian in person. Masterclass. If you, su- yeah. if you subscribe to Episode Masterclass. Episode one. So you're here first, I am folks. in the video somehow. If you want to learn how to cook barbecue really well, talk to Ian. Yep. Right. Actually, I will say Cliff made – so Cliff bought the master class mm-hmm. because he wanted to make an awesome brisket. Mm-hmm. And Cliff made an amazing brisket after watching Aaron Franklin's master class. So and this is it. not a sponsored ad. And the, um, I later found out apparently you can find them all on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it because I watched them. But I do like I YouTube. like how Masterclass like actually broke it out. So it was like extreme because you know how like on YouTube like sometimes the next video like in the series like if someone makes a three part video, the next one doesn't necessarily like you'll watch one and two and then for some reason three doesn't show up or you'll watch one and then it's like. You'll probably be interested in number three. Well, I want number two right. to know, like, the progression of it. So I really like how Masterclass, like, you can literally, like, just set it up and, like, watch it. Mm-hmm. and It's cool. We did a um, – well, Cliff reached out to me because they were doing, like, a buy one, get one free COVID special. So me and Cliff, like, split the cost, basically. And yeah, there's pretty- a lot of other classes on there that, like, I'm really interested I've in. I've taken – I took Aaron's first. I've done a urban gardening one. I've done one on conservation with Jane Goodall, and I've mm-hmm. done one with uh, Gordon Ramsay because nice. I like to cook. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah, but back to Cliff's brisket, because he won't say this. He thinks, oh, there's always room for improvement. But myself, Jack, Greg, Will, all gave the seal of approval. And I wouldn't say it was quite Franklin's, but I will say it is better. It was better brisket than probably 92% of the barbecue restaurants I've been to. Dang. We've been to a lot, too. So, and we are in Texas, so brisket is king. Yeah. So that is saying It was a really good brisket. Yeah, Shout but there is. Shout out to uh, Traeger Grills. Uh, <laughs> if, you'd like, if you'd like to endorse Cliff, we're here. I don't think I need any more Traeger products. You own the whole I think, Traeger I think line. I got the whole line. I mean, if they want to send me a Timberline, I could figure something out to do with it'd be my a shame if, if It'd be a shame if Sitka sponsored you because you'd be like, They'd say, hey, you want the shack? You're like, I, I already got have it. it. <laughs> I already got it. Yeah. Dude, are you I short love Sitka, man. Huh? Are your shorts Sitka? Yeah, literally the only thing I'm not wearing that's not Sitka is my undershirt, my boxers, and my Chacos. And the sad thing is I could have taken one of those things out and had two things that weren't Sitka. You missed an opportunity because I had yeah. I have Sitka underwear, <laughs> but what's better, ex officio underwear or Sitka? Honestly, they're different. Um, but I know they're different. What's better for General Texas? I'm going ex officio for like your general everyday Texas boxer. Mm-hmm. Ex officio has my heart. Um, with that being said, once it starts cooling down and hunting season kind of cranks back up, my Sitka's boxers will probably be my undergarment of choice. Because mm-hmm. they're a merino wool. They're nice. They're comfortable. Oh, they're merino. But how, are they, how are they in the summer then? They're, they're long. Um, surprisingly, they're not like too hot. Yeah, because Merino breathes pretty well. Yeah. Right. But so, it depends on how thick it is. But it's not like it doesn't breathe necessarily as well as the ex officio. Okay. I will say the Merino boxer, if like m- the reason I got them was as like a super early season base layer. Mm. Um, and then I'll move to, because we're in Texas, I'll probably move to their lightweight uh, long base layer like their long johns and then i'll probably get a uh a mid-weight base layer for like late season stuff in texas yeah Yeah, you don't need heavy here no heavy it doesn't get cold enough here for heavy but i'd say like a i don't know how sick an x or sick actually breaks it out but i know like a lot of other base layer companies that like focus like icebreaker which is another base layer brand i'm kind of looking at right now uh it's solely merino, whereas Sitka has merino options, but they're better known for like their synthetic options. Yeah. Um, First Light has a lot of merino stuff. Yeah, Smart Wool. I have Smart Wool base base layers. I've thought about Smart Wool as well, but like a lot of like these merino based companies, they will break it out as like. Oh, it's a uh, hundred and fifty grain, which would be an ultra lightweight, right. lightweight base layer, or a hundred and seventy-five, which is more of a lightweight, lightweight, and then like a two twenty for like their mid layer or whatever, uh, or 
mid-level. So I'm just trying to think, like, gather my information on what I want to do. Yeah. Because I don't want to. So let's segue your underwear preferences into how did you get into fly fishing? Ooh. And... And how do you know everyone in the group that hasn't already been mentioned? So, do you do you want me to which question do you want me to answer first? Everyone in the group, and then my most memorable. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. In no particular order. All right. So technically, I'll go in the order that I met people. So, like we discussed with the college thing, I'm originally from the West Georgia area. Grew up about. 15 minutes from the Alabama line, about 45 minutes west of Atlanta, and moved to Texas, I believe, in October of 2016, I believe, could be in 15, but then at the time, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll make a story of it, so... I wanted to start fly fishing. I've always kind of fished, but I wouldn't say I was like super fishy or super hunty or anything like that. Growing up, I did hunt with like some of the neighbor kids who were older than me, uh, took me out uh, when I was probably about 10. And then a couple times when I got older, um, went to college, eventually went to college got out, worked for a construction group based out of Atlanta, met my buddy Reese, and uh, he, I found out that he was a fly, he fly fished, and uh, pestered him for about half a year or so to teach me how to fish, or fly fish, because I wanted to learn, I had, I actually wanted to learn in college. But I didn't know, it's not that big where I'm from. Like, it's all baitcaster stuff of people that I knew. It was like baitcasting, put a worm and a bobber on it and let it sit. And uh, so I did that majority of my life. Met Reese, found out he fly fished, had been wanting to do it, pestered him for about half a year to teach me for my, and then for my birthday, he's like, all right, I'll teach you. Let's go up to a river in North Georgia, and uh, we'll camp out. We'll have a weekend, and I'll show you how to fish. And on the way up there, he asked me, "Do you want to? Do you want to just fish, or do you want to learn to fish like a man?" And what he meant by that was, "Do I want to use a spin reel, or do I want to learn to fly cast?" And uh, I was like, "I want to try fly fishing." And he said, okay. So he gave me like a 15-minute crash course on it. And then we went out and tried to do it. Luckily, the casting aspect of it wasn't as big of a deal at the time because it was a fairly narrow stream, probably about six, eight foot wide or so because it was a North Georgia mountain stream. Mm -hmm. So... What essentially he was teaching me, didn't know it at the time, was more the Euro-nymphing style of mm. fly fishing. So did that for a while, or he taught me that, and then that weekend I caught my first rainbow, which this is probably my most memorable fish, because A, it's my first rainbow, and B, the story that goes along with it. 
which is I was cast, or I caught him, Euro-nymphing. He hit it. I get him in, and then Reese is like, hey, you want to take a photo with him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I have the photo still where I'm wearing some, like, hand-me-down waders, actually a Banana Republic shirt that was just a, like a, a button. <laughs> the gap on. represent. Looking yeah. fancy for the fish. Yeah. It, or it could have been a J. Crew. I don't know. But, yeah, it was like a, a button-up shirt that was, like, nothing, like, not fishy like at all and uh the fish kept on like doing the fish flop but i was on a rock so it wasn't like landing in water so i'd keep on like picking him up and uh he'd just like flop out and flop out and flop out and then reese was like give me that fish so i handed it to him he just takes a rock and beats it in the head oh god (laughs) like literally goes whack and knocks the fish out, and I finally t- get the picture taken with him, and uh, we ate it. Wow. Yeah. But like the so we go back to the campsite, and he kind of like fillets it out, and we uh, we fried it in a frying pan over a campfire, and ate that. Prepared it with like lemon and whatnot, and ate that with like biscuits. That, that sounds fantastic. Dinner. It was actually really good, and. Uh, from there, the next October, because my birthday's in May, the next October I got word that I was going to move to Texas. There's the fish. That I was going to move to Texas. So moved here and uh, didn't know anything about Texas fly fishing or anything like that. Are you wearing, are you wearing Ray-Bans? Yes. <laughs> hey, dude, there's nothing wrong with wearing. I've worn Ray-Bans to fly fish. They were, they're at least pulverized. I just, I just, since I've known Cliff, I can't picture him in Ray-Bans. That's true. Because I've That's, always had Costa here. It's not, the the Ray, it's not the Ray-Bans. Because I have a lot of friends that wear Ray-Bans. It's just, you're wearing Sitka right now. And if I picture you with Ray-Bans on, with your Sitka clothes. Oh, I'm completely, like, I've progressed in a lot of different ways since like living in Texas, like my personality and stuff has changed Mm -hmm. and things here are as, in my opinion, dressy as, uh, Georgia was Mm -hmm. like, there's still like a Southern proper, like pseudo dress code there. And when I first showed up to work in San Antonio, they were like, Oh, you got another job interview here? Because like (laughs) I showed up exactly what I would wear at my job in Atlanta and my job here was the exact same job. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I wore exactly what I would wear in Atlanta. And then they gave me a bunch of crap because like I came in in a jacket and a tie. Now you will not catch me in a tie and a jacket. Yeah. I've never seen you wear a tie or a jacket. Yeah. I don't like them. So Cliff, how did you meet everybody? Uh, well, I'm getting to that. Like oh, okay. it's a, it's a, I'm I'm doing like a whole story to cover it. Okay. He's trying to stay more linear than we did. Yeah. So I moved here, and uh, started trying to sink my teeth into fly fishing Texas because it was still fairly new to me when I moved here, like mm-hmm. less than a year or so, like actively pursuing it, and then went to the local fly shop here and. San Antonio, which at the time 
the one we frequent was not around mm. and was invited to go to a Alamo fly fishers meeting, mm-hmm. which was both the greatest fly fishing or one of my best decisions in fly fishing and one of my meh decisions in fly fishing. So, oh, wait, so why was it the greatest? Because I met Landon. And why was it the meh? Because it's not necessarily the people I want to hang out with. Well, it's it's just hard because I was going to to like meet the fly fishing community, but it's it 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 it's just hard because all the people As, that are like middle aged and have kids, they don't have time right. to be yeah. part of it. So what you're gonna find is you're gonna find like a couple younger guys like me and Cliff. Then you're gonna find like a bunch of older retired guys and they're super nice it's just when you go fishing yeah i'm not i'm not talking down about them no, but no, it I wasn't know. like the group that i necessarily it wasn't the community that you'd be looking for when you're trying to start a community right you want to see people like you and around your age similar you know? right yeah and, for sure yeah so i similar life stage say, yeah. yeah exactly life yeah. stage is a much better way yeah right so yeah. i wanted to learn to tie flies and so I started going not only to the meetings, but to the fly tying classes. Landon showed up, found out that he was a part of the organization that he was, which I had already known there was a store coming, mm-hmm. but didn't know when. Met Landon, got a bunch of information, swapped phone numbers with him, and then we just kind of started hanging out uh, in various avenues of life. And then I met you, Zach. From Landon, I believe we went fishing together. It was yeah, me, I was you, say. and Landon. And we went to the Medina, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's when we had to swim across. Was it me, you, Sam? Yeah, it was and, me, you, Sam, and Landon. And me and Sam had to literally swim across because we didn't plan like the crossing like y'all did. Right. We ended up swimming <laughs> across the Medina River with our fly rods above our yeah. head and like pseudo doggy paddling breaststroking across the <laughs> river because it was too deep to touch yeah and then at landon's birthday i met ian at franklin's but we should explain what my birthday is because a lot of conversation is like about my birthday so every year for landon's birthday he likes slash to... christmas because i don't like it to be it feels kind of weird that it's all about me no we still get you christmas it's still your birthday we yeah, get you birthday we present. it's like we, you we have a december christmas. birthday so it can't be lost in the Christmas holiday season. That's true. What, but the, the only Christmas aspect of it is that we do like kind of white elephant secret Santa mm-hmm. style thing for the rest of the group. But you get a present from everybody. Yeah. But you're pretty much free Franklin's, which you get free Franklin's. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, I think <laughs> I we need to start making it's either you get a gift or you get free Franklin's. I'll take the Franklin's. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a $50 a, gift. <laughs> yeah. Although Cliff <laughs> has added to my Cards Against Humanities, like... Your whole collection is collection. things I bought oh, you. Yeah. You have a better collection than I do. Yeah. And mine's really just to hold me over because sometimes you don't want to play. <laughs> um, But it, it's a big thing. We wake up at 5 in the morning... What is Franklin's for maybe people that it's been lost on? Oh, my Lord. Uh, <laughs> it's heaven. the best barbecue in the heaven. world. Yeah, and I've actually kind of come across like a lot of people saying, like, it's overrated, da-da-da-da-da. All right. If you think Franklin's is overrated well, t- because having out. to wait. 
Time out. So Franklin's is, it's kind of like a world-famous barbecue restaurant in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, really famous for their brisket, mm-hmm. um, but also does like pork ribs, beef ribs. Their beef rib is amazing. Pulled pork. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, as a whole, their barbecue is probably the best, but their sides are the worst. Sides, yeah. They don't have, really don't have Their sides, sides are lacking. Yeah, for their sure. Their barbecue is on point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best barbecue. Minus their pulled pork. That's true. I will say it his pulled the... pork's not that great. I've had better pulled pork, but again, coming from Georgia and moving to Texas, I see barbecue as two different factions. Right. Mm-hmm. If I want pulled pork, Southeast has got it all day long. Did you have wits in Georgia? I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's a Tennessee thing. But if I'm wanting beef Texas. barbecue, Texas has the corner market on that. Mm-hmm. There, there ain't no one going to beat it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Kansas City says or anyone else. Texas brisket is king. Yeah. yeah. So No matter where you throw it. So Franklin's, you, we, we make frequent trips. So Cliff was going into about how we get up super early because you have to get there early if you – want to participate in eating barbecue right so we wake up if we're coming from san antonio we're like we've done two of the three years i believe um we wake up normally at five and ride up together and get there about six ish or so and we set up and we're normally like an early one in line and we have coolers full of breakfast items yeah and are we wait? T- are we allowed to talk about beverages? Yeah, yeah. Breakfast items. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place, and only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. Whiskey is a breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For what... anyone listening, it's pretty common to have, you know, a beer or a whiskey while you're waiting. Yeah. Right, like yeah it's, it's, a, it's an event. It's just yeah. like tailgating. And yeah. everybody in line with yeah. you, like, becomes one big family, like... We've played yep. games with the people who have who were waiting there before us. Yeah, and we played after we us. played cards against humanity with like a Russian guy. Yeah, and then time. last year was oh, a yeah. dude from Seattle. Yeah, who played with us, and we've even tried to get uh, Aaron to come out and play around. Yeah, yeah, we did try to get Aaron to play around, but he didn't show up in time. But yeah, so we get there super early, and we're usually anywhere from first to tenth in line. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So I mean, we definitely get there to where we're guaranteed whatever we want yeah. off the menu. Yeah. Um. So we get there, wait in line until they open, which they open do open at about 11. So, like, you're waiting in line a long time. And I get Five a lot hours. of kickback from people who's like, 
oh, errands, it's so overrated because you got to wait in line and it's so expensive. It's da 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 da. It's good barbecue, but it's overrated because you got to do all this other stuff. If you're not having fun waiting in that line, mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah, because we, we pick up breakfast tacos. We pick up breakfast tacos. Then we have like adult beverages. We have, we have, uh, last year we did whiskey sours. We did. And that was solid. And then we exchanged like Christmas gifts. Correct. And, and then, birthday, my birthday gifts. And birthday gifts. And then we play like, Cards Against Humanity. Until it's time for us to clean and up. And five hours feels like 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's not long. The worst when part is with, because your birthday's in December, like it can be a little chilly. One year was cold. Right. One year was. was two years ago? Or three? I was it thinking was about that. Was ago. that that first year that it was, we were just. Yeah, and that was the longest week. Something to keep warm. Yeah, that was the year you were there. Yeah, yeah. That was the year that we, uh, me and you, Ian, had to go and try and find coffee Mm -hmm. for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we went down the street somewhere and had to walk a few blocks. Yeah, and then we walked. Me and Will walked to a gas station that was like yeah a couple blocks away. And uh, we usually eat family style, so we just order yeah a bunch of meat and. Which like, last year we clearly over Oh, it was the beef ribs. Yeah, that's We did a beef up. rib per person, and the beef ribs are literally a pound. A meal. Uh, yeah. A pound minimum. But we did. A, they're super expensive, too, aren't yeah. they? We did a beef rib per person. We did like two, three pounds of brisket. Yeah. And then a little bit of sausages. I don't think we went and pulled pork route that year. And then uh, we all ate a beef rib and was like, done yeah we <laughs> ate one beef rib because it's a pound like you eat a pound of meat in one sitting and you're like oh and you get the meat sweats and then like yeah you all know the, the, all the whiskey the is like <laughs> meshing with the beef rib in your stomach and like things aren't feeling top notch top notch but a hundred percent worth it yeah so oh, that, yeah for sure so that's how you and Ian met. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you and Zach met. Do you know the exact moment? We already went, I believe we already we went, went over that. that. We, we went fishing with you at the Medina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. we ate at that one place that was, like, weird afterwards. It was, like. It was good for what it, it was. was. We were hungry. Yeah, it was, was like what a hotel it was. restaurant in the middle oh, of nowhere. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It's coming back to me now. Yeah. And same was there, too. Yeah, and we, I remember that. That was a yeah interesting restaurant yeah. for sure. That was the first time Cliff and I hung out. Yeah, yeah. We might have met in passing at the store, but probably yeah. Or the store we frequent. So I guess is it? Are you done? Is it my turn to talk? I now? would say we're yeah. done. So Landon. basically, we know all of y'all have already heard how I've met everyone else. Yeah, that's pretty much true. So I don't think I need to dive into that. No. Go go through your feelings of meeting each and every one of us. Yeah, like what was going through your mind? Like, oh, this is great. Eh, it's kind of okay. I hate this guy. Right. Well, so Cliff, I'll start with Cliff because <laughs> uh, we met the Alamo Fly Fishers thing, and like I was moving to San Antonio and to open a store, and I was just like I didn't know anybody. I had a lot of friends in Austin, but I was just like looking for friends and uh so i saw someone at alamo fly fishers that was my age and it was like that was like all the needed requirements to start a great friendship (laughs) 
because the 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 guys at the Alamo Flyfish are great. They're just a lot of older retired they guys. They got thirty years on us at least. Yeah. So, um, and I remember meeting you at Fly Tying, and we hung out, and you know, hit it off from there. And then, yeah, Zach came in the store, and I was like, I think I know you. Right. And uh, we, you know, we reconnected from college. So, and then me and Zach hit it off. Yep. Um, and then um, me and Ian met in Austin. I don't particularly remember like the specific moment, but I just remember hitting it off with Ian, kind of in a similar way I hit it off with Zach, because you know, working in retail, I meet a lot of people. And, um, it's just, you just really hit it off with some people and, uh, you know, we had similar interests. Um, I call it the trifecta, (laughs) which is fly fishing, Christian, and same school, Texas tech. Yeah. Trifecta is an automatic friendship. You know, no vetting required. That's all I need. It's like if you give me a resume with that on it, like a friendship resume, it's like, oh, we're already friends. No you questions know? asked. No questions asked. I don't need to vet you anymore. So, yeah, that's basically how I met everybody and uh, the the short version because they gave you the long version. So I actually started fly fishing in 2012. Dang. No, no, 2013. And it was almost seven years. Dang, it was like seven years ago. Like three days ago. It's been like seven years and three days since I started. The only reason I know that is because I had a Facebook memory pop up. Um, and I went, I was working in Colorado and I went fishing with McKenna's family. They like booked a fly fishing trip in Rocky Mountain National Park. And we went and like, it was a downhill spiral from there. And then you're like, I'm going to marry this girl. Uh, yeah, I, because you were, Landon, you were a rafting guy yeah, before so, that, right? So I was um, guiding whitewater trips and backpacking trips for a company called Noah's Ark in Vienna Vista, Colorado. Don't call it Buena like Buena. us Texans. It's Vienna Let's, Vista, Colorado. Uh, okay, but why is it Vienna? That's just how it's the like lo- Buddha it's, being it's like, Yeah, it's like Buddha. Or green being green. Yeah. Green. Yeah, it's just like one or of those Bexar things. Bexar being bare. <laughs> <laughs> Bexar being bare. Yeah, that was confusing to me, honestly. It was to me, too, and then someone, like, create or corrected me kind of snobbishly, and then, like, that made it sink in. Mm-hmm. But now, like, if you listen to, like, Ben Shapiro's podcast, since he's been talking about, like, uh, I'm not going into politics, but since he talks about, uh, like, the numbers that are going up, he called it Bexar on his the podcast and it kind of like got under my skin a little bit and I was like Bear County. I'm turning yeah. into one of them. <laughs> Bear. So you know, when I started fly fishing I like I grew up hunting and fishing. Then I was like I had worked in the outdoors, so I was like guiding white water and doing backpacking trips. So it was like all the prerequisites needed to start fly fishing. So when I went Rocky Mountain National Park all I remember is that I hooked up with two fish and I didn't land any, and, like, it didn't sit with me well, honestly. Let, let me ask you this question, okay. and I want an honest answer. Who do you think's a better fishing raft rower, me or you? A raft rower? Yeah, for fishing purposes. For fishing purposes. The guy who's done it for years professionally versus yeah. the guy who's, like, picked it up? I, yeah, but here's my thing with it. 
landing goes in a straight line. Yeah. I zigzag across the river, so you get more water surface area. <laughs> That's true. If I want more chances to catch fish, I guess technically. Cliff, I well, think that, the question is, are you trying to zigzag across the river? No, but that's not the point. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I there's professionally a, and methodically, landing is better. But if you want more river surface area, you go with me. If you want more fish boat. Yeah, if you want to work on your back cast because you're facing the wrong way on the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and and then, you know, I worked That actually, wasn't me trying to play me up. That was no, me making fun of I me know, zigzagging. I know. Uh, so, and I had already been working when I was doing that. I had already been working for um, uh, mom and pop outdoor store called Mountain Hideaway in Lubbock. If you're ever there, it's the best place. Oh, it's so good it's, for sure. Yeah. yeah, they they're like they're like a locally Lubbock owned REI. So that's like good sport. Yeah, but smaller and more personal. Yes, um, I've never been a good sport, so I don't have an opinion there. Oh, you need to. But go. it's Probably a mom sport. and pop R and I REI. If you traded the mountain biking, like the biking section for fly fishing, so they sell like camping, backpacking gear, climbing gear. Um, they don't have hunting. Fly fishing. No hunting. Except they do have wing Good shooting sport stuff. has hunting clothing. True. They don't Zach, have me hunting. Me you used to go in there, didn't we? Didn't yeah, we go dude. there one time we together would... for some uh, rock climbing gear? Yeah, we, we both went over there one we time. We would set yeah. up times. We'd be like, hey, man, let's meet at this place, and then we'll go to Mountain Hideaway together. Yeah, yeah with our buddy Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't you know someone that. else from Mountain Hideaway, Ian? Um, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on. Um, moving on. So, um, yeah. So if you guys are ever in Lubbock, go by Mountain Hideaway. So I was already working there, and I had done that fly fishing thing. So I was working in Mountain Hideaway, and they had fly fishing, but I never did it. I didn't know anything about it, so I never sold any of it. But after that, you know, after I did that fly fishing trip that summer at Rocky Mountain National Park, and I came back to school, and I was working at the shop again because the guiding was a summer job, uh, I started, like, asking another guy that worked there, Matt, um, you know, kind of, like, digging into fly fishing more because, like, my interest had been peaked. Um, and I started kind of buying gear. Um, and then, you know, after I graduated, I moved to Austin and some career plans fell through. And then I started working at, let's just say I work in the fly fishing industry currently. He's an influencer. I'm an, eh. I, Technically, you are an influencer. That's right. Well, I, sell, I sell fly fishing goods to people. And help them learn how to fish. So fly fishing and fly fishing accessories. Fly fishing and fly fishing accessories. Yeah. That's pretty. And Landon neat. owns a raft, which raft. is cool. <laughs> so we go with Landon on his raft. Yeah, I have a raft. Um, I'm currently borrowing another raft. Wait, that's not your raft, effect? No, that one is mine. I'm borrowing another raft. I'm boat heavy right now. I also have that pontoon boat, which you said wasn't a boat. I take a little offense to that. It's not a boat. It's a raft. It's what a constitutes a boat? Yeah. Give me your definition, and I'll tell you if it fits your definition. I would say that's a raft boat. Wait, I, no one says that terminology. Raft boat. A raft okay, is well, a if boat. You, if you want to go into, if you want to get that nitty gritty, then I'd say that's a raft. Yeah. I would say a boat is more hard sided. Mm. But what mm. you have, I'm assuming that's it right there. Correct. What I'm pointing to, that green thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a a float. They're literally called pontoon boats. 
But maybe no, I'm that's not, not a pontoon boat. Pontoon boats like what the lake people have. No, no, but there's like whitewater pontoon boats, which are that, but that size. Okay, but so they're full raft size. So to but play they're not full rated raft for size. whitewater. That one is not. That one is a single man size. Uh, I, all right, let me pull up what I'm I'm thinking that it is, and you can correct me. Okay, so to play devil's advocate. Like, we don't need that. Where do where Just do we where, where do we stop boats? We're calling boats boats. I mean, like if I have a plank of wood, like so Rose at the end of Titanic was she on a boat? Yeah, right. But when she was on the plank of wood, was that a boat? No. Why? Well, why don't we just? I mean, why don't we she settle this with door. the actual definition? Ian, if you had to come up with a door or a boat definition, what would you say? Um, I would say a boat. To carry people through water. <laughs> <laughs> so like everything fits that category. So that's what I'm thinking it is. No, that's that not is what a it float is. tube. See, this is what I'm thinking that so it is. So a float tube, you sit inside and your legs are in the water and you're being propelled by kicking with fins. Right. Okay, I'm going to pull this up on the dictionary. What is a boat? Every, why are, why everybody's is pulling it up. I'm, I'm not going to pull it up. I'm just going to go with a good, so it's going to be something that's like. Where's the apple at? Oh, wait, here we go, guys. Okay. Ready? Ready? <laughs> yep, yep. This is it. Dictionary of com. Small, little, or an engine. Boom. So wait, an engine. Wait, say that again because you cut out. It's a small vessel propelled on water by oars, sails, or an engine. Oh, oars. Pontoon boat is so, oars. A pontoon thing. And the raft is also oars. But I, I've already so admitted ship. that I thought you were talking about the floating system where the, you kick your The float feet. tube is not a boat. I just Correct. want to rub it in a little bit more because... His pontoon boat does have oars. Your it does have oars. See, I was thinking... He was thinking it was a float tube. I was tube. thinking it was one of those float With tubes. the flippers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. That's what... It, when he said that, that's what I envisioned in my mind. Yeah, you mean mm. wear flippers. Just in the boat? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, your, your feet can touch the water relatively easily. <laughs> Just kick them out. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, th- I mean, it's been a fly fishing addiction, basically, for me. And... Okay, best fish. Our favorite fish. Our most memorable fish. There's two that come to mind. Okay. You only get one. Do you want both stories or do you want... I want one story, and that is it. Like, you have to tattoo this on yourself. Like, this is my favorite fish. You got to go to that I'm going to tell you my favorite fish, but I'm going to give a short follow-up. Okay. Okay. So, my favorite fish is my first tarpon. Okay. Hands down. Cop-out because... answer. Yeah, I mean... Like... That's everyone's favorite fish. Well, <laughs> I had to struggle for it. Yeah, I put a lot of time. I lost a lot of fish before I landed one, and I learned a hard, ha- lot of hard lessons doing it. That's right. And I think that makes a memorable fish. If you really struggle, not hitting like in the head with a Zach's rock. was like the first time I caught a trout on my own. He really struggled for it. That's why it's really memorable. And the pieces finally came together. You finally like got your skills enough. Like I didn't accidentally catch a tarpon. L- kind of like my next story, where. I caught a steelhead also, which was a very memorable fish. And I thought I was going to have to grind it out. It was going to be tough. But I caught it in five minutes from the boat ramp. Fish of a thousand casts my butt. It was like <laughs> <laughs> three casts. It was three casts. It was literally probably three casts. Um, so 
But that fish was kind of cool because I had built it up in my head that I was going to have to, like, work hard for it. So, like, I was, like, mentally, like, in the game, you know, and, like, research, and then, boom, catch a steelhead right away. Right. So that was memorable because it was, like, it came super easy after a lot of research. But you're a super fishy dude, and I'd say you're probably one of the best fly fishers that I've ever known. For sure. I've learned a lot from Brandon. Oh, thanks, guys. He's a legit person. <laughs> He's a real person. I'm going to start crying. Not a Pinocchio person. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> but, cool. yeah. So I think the next thing we wanted to ask Ian about was, like, his whole flat earth journey. Uh, Wait, yeah. Ian, you you have a flat earth journey? <laughs> uh, Ian, Ian has got Landon and I on this flat earth train. Well, actually, I think it started... With one of my other friends telling me about a Netflix documentary, and then me telling you and Ian about it, and then Ian just taking okay, off. Okay, before people like exit wait, this hold podcast, on, let me. Uh, before people leave take... and like tune us out, we yeah. don't actually believe the Earth is flat, no. but there is a funny story. Maybe Ian does because he bought stickers, but the Earth is round. Wait, Ian, you're funding flat earthers? <laughs> oh, they're the best stickers I've ever seen. So. Let me uh let me back this up. A he needs bit. a chance so to defend Cliff, himself. It's this isn't kind of at the early stages of COVID. I hadn't seen Cliff for a while, and you know people are social distancing, and cases started to calm down. So he was like, "We'll just come down, and we'll figure out something outdoorsy to do." So I was like, "All right." Where do we? So we, uh, up, we went up to Joshua. Yeah, we went um, out to the skate range and just did a bunch of practice for dove season and ran. Cliff's GSP hatch, but so I go to his house on a Friday night, and uh, he's like, "We're kind of uh, uh, gr- he's grilling out or just making food." And he's like, "You want to watch uh, a movie? I just saw this great movie, but I'm down to watch it again." And I was like, "Okay." And so we're sitting there, and he's like, "This is amazing. You'll love it. I can't believe uh, I found this." And he turns it off. On, and it's called Behind the Curve. <laughs> I like a case for flat earth or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, what is going on? COVID has gotten Cliff. Like, COVID has gotten Cliff. <laughs> so we end up watching Behind the Curve, which is a great movie. Beyond. Uh, by the way. Is that what it's called? Yes, Beyond. Beyond the Curve. Um, Beyond the Curve, and it's about, yeah, the Flat Earth Society, and they interview people from Flat Earth, and then they interview people from um, uh, Logic. (laughs) 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 Science. And, no, I do not believe the Earth is flat, but I was like, this is amazing. And people... We discovered the Earth was flat, or the Earth was round like thousands of years ago. We disproved that it was flat, and so we watched the documentary. And um, I love uh, buying stickers. And you, you know, everyone drives around and you see uh, you see those vehicles. And I've got stickers on my vehicles, but you see those vehicles with you know every single item they've ever purchased uh, with outdoor sticker on it. And sometimes they're just flexing on everyone. So I was on Amazon one time and I Googled behind the curve and, or beyond the curve. And you know, when you get suggestions and there were some flat earth stickers that came up and I was like, Oh, (laughs) these are $4. I'm going to buy these. So I bought a a few and gave clips some and uh, 
Um, they're not on my truck, praise the Lord. Uh, but <laughs> I put them on my Yeti box. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, that was like an interesting because Cliff told me about that, and I was like so bored during COVID. I was like, you know, I'll check yeah. this out. He didn't really Did tell you me about it. Yeah. yeah, I watched it, and it was like interesting to see how people could be so. The greatest thing of it is that there's flat earth rappers out there. Right. So it's like, I don't want to like offend anybody who is a flat earther or if, I don't want to offend. I do. Let me restart. I don't <laughs> want to offend any group. Yeah. But if you're listening flat to earthers, a flat earther, you're, we're not. No, we're no, not, no, no, no. I, I, I'm yeah. saying that flat earthers don't fall into that category. I feel like very oh. much so. That's like, if you're a flat earther, I'm sorry. Maybe you don't, you know, man, you. I think it's, I well, think it's like most things. I think, it, I, think. It, I think probably the reason why it's gained so much steam is because it's almost so asinine to right. like think about and like it's almost like trying to be a contrarian. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why the movements gained so well, much steam. The the documentary really hit home when they you know it it ended with uh, a flat, doing the uh, laser experiment. Yeah, the laser experiment where they were finally going to prove that the Earth was flat. He proved that the Earth <laughs> was curved. This was a flat earther that proved that the Earth was curved with his own experiment and then blamed it on faulty equipment Yeah, or something like that. It's just like... But Mark Sargent well, the is best, a hero. The best, too, is like our people in Australia standing upside down, right? And like... From our perspective, yes, like, dude, <laughs> did we lose Ian? Ian, Ian, we might have lost him. Still says he's connected. Maybe his phone died. He went to the basement. It still says it's connected. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, we kind of flung flat Earth on Zach. Um, the greatest stickery that Ian has, though, is a Bigfoot hunting permit that looks legitimately like a hunting permit. Oh, that's awesome. He just left. Well, that's Ian. Ian's gone. Ian's gone. Um, Let's see if we can't get him back. I'm not done talking to Ian. We'll see what happens. Oh, dang. FaceTime audio unavailable. And Let me see if I can't just... Oh. What's up, Ian? Hold on. You're not connected to the... Can you hear us? Ian? Yeah. Oh, All right. Good. Perfect. He's back. So I think now would be a good time to explain to everyone that this is our first podcast with some new podcasting gear. So we are still learning how we want to do this show and learn how to use the equipment because it didn't come with instructions. (laughs) This is true. Also, COVID, ideally Ian would be here with us in person. Correct. But COVID, you know, it's... It is what it is. I'll just say that. So it is what it is. But 
Yeah, so. Ian, you there? Yep. All right, cool. You got. Well, I, I think we should kind of wrap it up. We've gone pretty long. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a good experiment. Yeah, um, we'll put it on the interwebs and see what happens. So, um, why don't. So, okay, you guys have any closing thoughts? No, I'm excited to see where this goes. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, if, if people who are listening, if they want to hear anything in particular or things that maybe are lacking in the fly fishing community, just as far as education or topics or anything like that, like yeah. feel free to always, like, reach out and... Yeah. Do we have and, a and, and our goal too is like uh, we want to if you guys have questions send them to us we'll answer them on the show. Uh, the other thing is that we're trying to be like a purely more entertainment based podcast so we're not going to sit down and like do like an hour of like this is how you should fly fish for redfish. Well, for first sure. you need to get an eight weight rod and it needs to be matched up with this line. You know, we're not going to deep dive into eight weight for redfish, man. We're going to suggest use a three weight <laughs> with a size seventeen. I think I think the way that we'll handle stuff like that is if you have a specific question, you could send us the question and we'll answer it. Right. But I don't think we're going to go necessarily into, like, a tutorial of how to do certain things. Right. And we're not doing any research. It's strictly just, like, guessing. Yeah. Right. I think. Which we could get you the right answer. I feel very confident about that. Yeah, with, with the four of us, like, we should be able but to guess. But if you also well. want our opinions on interesting things like Flat Earth, then we will answer those questions as well. Yeah, it's not strictly Flat Earth. Yeah, we're just I'm doing just outdoors. And yeah. we're just, you know all-purpose outdoors and that includes the shape of the earth so <laughs> it's very outdoors that is very outdoors, That's as outdoors as you well unless you take the dome theory which is a dome covering the flat earth then are we really oh, outdoors no. oh oh gosh let's think on that send us your answers and we'll uh, get back to you next week is this going to be weekly or bi-weekly uh we'll have to see how it goes with covid covid makes it hard right yeah we want to do this as much as possible but we are not going to commit to a schedule right now. Yeah, until we figure out the best way to do We're it. We're going to do purely entertainment. But I do have a topic for next week. I guess I could, or I said next week, but there's not going to be a podcast next week. There might. For the next podcast, our topic is going to be the 1% rule. Do you like that? Oh, does it move? Can you explain what that is? Yes, okay. So can, yeah. I first heard about this. Don't on say the, the other one. Don't say the other one. Just say you just heard about it on Ooh. another podcast. Why can't I name drop the podcast? Because I do like that podcast. No, I wouldn't say it. I, I, I just wouldn't. Just yeah. leave it open. Yeah. Yeah, just okay. leave it open. On another podcast that is outdoor-based, I was listening to the host talk, and in a side comment, he mentioned this thing called the 1% rule. And he was applying it to hunting, but the 1% rule is if – you can increase your odds of getting an animal by at least 1% by doing something specific. It's worth doing. So, for example, if, if wearing camo feel- if wearing camo increases your odds by at least 1%, I think everyone here at the table would agree, then it's worth doing. Now, can you hunt and be successful without camo? Yes. You can still get animals, and we all... You know, no, I, like, I know people that refuse to wear camo. That's fine. You know, that's, they can do what they want. 
that's great. But if it increases your odds by at least 1%, which I would say wearing camo does, uh, it's worth doing. So that's like a hunting example. What we want to do is we want to apply that more to fly fishing. So if we're going to talk about things that you can do that increase your odds of catching fish by at least 1%, and we'll see where the conversation goes. We're all going to come up with ideas. For sure. And if we come up with 100, then you guys will be 100% better anglers Dang. by the end of the next. Well, that, is how, that is how percentages work. Correct. So. I was going to say, Hey, I, I mean, I'm not a math major, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be more general conversation and, um, we're not going to go into like the specifics of techniques, just more general purpose, like theories and, you know, science talk. And so with YouTube being the owner of this shindig with YouTube being the owner. Yeah. YouTube. Oh, I thought you said YouTube. I was like, YouTube doesn't own this. No, YouTube. Uh-huh. Not the band, but Landon and Zach mm-hmm. of Honey Hole Angling, and this podcast is. Dude, I love you too, man. Thanks, Ian. Dude, Awkward Three is such an amazing album. So <laughs> but uh, with you two being the the owners of Honey Hole Angling, and this podcast is going to be in conjunction to Honey Hole. Is there a email address that people can send questions, concerns, comments to? There is. Our email address is honeyholeangling at gmail.com. Our website is www.honeyholeangling.com. Our Instagram handle is at honeyholeangling. Our Facebook page is honeyholeangling. Flat Earth. (laughs) (laughs) we basically picked honey hole angling because it was the only thing that had everything available right is ultimately what it came down to because we found some other good names we think it's a good name but we found some other good names that like instagram was already taken or something like that we kind of wanted to make everything easy and universal i know we focus on fly fishing but i just don't like the angling aspect of it i think it pigeonholes but that's just me as a hunter yeah but we all met through fly fishing and i know we all like hunting but we get to fish more and 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 we are going to talk about something out there for a deer i guess yeah, we are going to talk about it. <laughs> fly line with a piece of corn at the feeder. Right, Our I podcast know. is called Unmatch the Hatch. No, this is true. Yeah. I'll unmatch well, it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, we are going to be primarily focusing on fly fishing, but oh, everything else upset is that you wouldn't change Zach. the squirmy worm to just a, a night crawler. You unmatched me. the hatch today. Would you care to explain? Oh, yeah. I caught a taco. Or I caught a fish. You called a taco? I did. No, I, uh, I caught a panfish on a taco fly so dude this guy ties <laughs> up these flies look just like tacos yeah the fish tacos the fish yeah. Taco, yeah. they look so good though yeah now they pop really well but i don't know if it was just a weird day or but the they, fish were just not into it, it was a weird fishing day today like the fish were acting weird do they actually Wait, like pop or is it more fly? like a dry diver it's a popper yeah. It's a top it's water. A, it's made out of foam. It's made out of foam. But when you strip it, it pops really nicely. Yeah. Like something, it's just like, like it's, a boogle bug? It's like fish in a Yeah, popper. it sounds like a boogle bug. Interesting. Yeah. But it doesn't have any, like, le- obviously no legs or anything like that. So it's like, it just looks like a piece of foam, like a piece of trash or a leaf. And the fish are like, I don't eat that normally. So yeah. exactly what fish around here eat. 
Yeah, trash. <laughs> uh, but no, it was cool. There's a lot of tacos floating in the Guadalupe, San Antonio River, Medina, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. it was on a San Antonio taco. I just think we should like set the record straight that San Antonio tacos are better than Austin tacos. Oh, yeah, for I sure. don't understand this argument. So I... Uh, I live in Austin, and I a thousand percent support that. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> because no, it's so. So true. what's the argument? Because I've heard about it, but I don't understand the details. Why does Austin think that they have better tacos? They just want to accept so, it. As the resident Austinite, I don't know anyone who actually believes that, but I think it's people like who I don't know. Yeah, but what's the argument? Is it that their tacos, how are their tacos different from um, So They're like frou-frou. Like think well, Austin yeah, they are and then put it is, in a taco. Yeah. So it's it's very much a Torchies. It's $8 tacos versus like dollar tacos. San Antonio it's has like, a dollar. It's like uh, legit yeah. street tacos versus Torchies. Not even just street, just like dirty, Torchies did originate tacos. in Austin. Yeah. And I love Torchies, but just yeah. as a whole, San Antonio tacos are... Yeah, definitely better. I think San Antonio has. Yeah, I agree with you. I I prefer San Antonio tacos. It means a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate your honesty on this podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like I I've argued with people about it and that live in Austin. They just like I don't know. It's you know what it's like. So one, I think like my senior year at Tech, um, we were playing Texas State. And they were like advertising and hyping it for like a like, fun game, or like this was like a preseason <laughs> game. This was like yeah, a preseason, preseason game. game. It was like a tech yeah. warm up game. And this was like Sorry, after this yeah. was like after A and M left the Big Twelve, and like A and M was like kind of a tech rival in a way, like ag school rival. But then they wanted to go to a better conference. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so Texas State made like all these shirts and we're advertising a new rivalry begins like versus Texas Tech. And it was like this like artificial like trying to like replace A and M as Tech's rivals and we beat them like fifty to seven. That's what I thought. Are they even D one? They are D one. Yeah, they're like in the Sunshine Conference. But they're not Sunshine and Rainbows football conference. Are they in a championship eligible conference? Yeah, I mean, I guess if they went undefeated and their schedule was considered hard enough, they could be invited yeah. to the national football playoff right. or the uh, college football playoff. <laughs> but I don't think their schedule Alabama versus enough. Texas State. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm wondering. You know, Nick Saban's like, all right, um, I'm not even. We're not even going to practice. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when like, I watch Alabama, is go out. And come to the game hungover to make it at least somewhat fair. <laughs> Alabama's running back is bigger than Texas State offensive line. Sound about yeah. right. Yeah. So, anyway, it, I don't know. It just seems like something to argue about. And it's just, you know, everyone brings it up. Like, you go to, a, like, we went to, like, a Spurs game or something, and they were bringing up the whole, like, they were hyping up the San Antonio tacos were better. It's just, like, I think something that the cities argue about just because – I don't understand. The two of them don't have anything like, else better to argue about. Why people like the Mavs more than the Spurs? Like, I'm not a basketball game basketball guy, but like, if you just put them side by side, like there is no, who who prefers the Mavericks over the Spurs? There's a lot of people in North Texas who are like, oh, yeah, but that's I don't North like Texas. Spurs. That's practically Oklahoma. Well, and that's well, Mavs that's Central. I mean, and also like, I yeah, kind of get the from, sentiment if you're of from, like, if you're from Dallas. 
you're probably going to represent the Mavericks. Yeah, I get that. I can just get like Dirk if you're Houston, too. you're going to go. Super likable. If I was in Dallas, I'd totally root for. The but Mavs. like, it's just like if you're in Houston, you're going to clearly go for the Oilers over, or not the Oilers, the Texans <laughs> now. The Oilers. Wow. Over uh, what? What year is it, Cliff? <laughs> it's '93. <laughs> um, but you're well, clearly going to go. You're going to clearly go with the Texans over the Cowboys because it's your city. I think, like, the places throughout the state, I think if you – the state of Texas as a whole holds the Spurs over both the Rockets and the Mavericks. Mm. Have you ever seen that that image and it shows a map of the United States and it says who's a – or uh, who's a Texans fan, and it just has this circle around the city of Houston. <laughs> and then it says, who's a Cowboys fan, and it's the rest of the country. <laughs> anyway, we, we, need to, we do need to wrap it up because we've been going for like an hour, an hour and half. 40 minutes. So, yeah, you know, if you guys need to find us, it's like Honey Hole Angling. Is you like want to give our personal Instagrams? Um, I don't know uh, my Instagram. He'll not on Instagram us, anymore? Yeah. No, I have an Instagram. I just don't have my tag. You know, okay. in the podcast, we'll put podcast description. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll put everyone's Instagram. So if you guys want to follow us there, I'd say we're all, like, reasonably active. And you guys can, like, shoot us messages and stuff like that. And then also, we do have things for sale on our website. And it does help us out. Um, and so we made some hats and stuff like that. Stickers, COVID stickers, like fish masks. Zach actually, like, created these um, fish designs that have like covid masks on them and we got them printed as stickers they're pretty sweet so like stuff like that helps us out because um we're just getting started and helps cover some of our like equipment costs and stuff like that yeah for sure yeah Yeah, zach i uh put one of those on the back of my truck and a guy came up to me and he was like is that a covid fish sticker and i said (laughs) yeah And, and he was like that is so awesome and I sent them uh, to the website. They're really cool. It's a fun, it's a fun, you know, piece. And he was like, "That's so cool, man." Thanks, <laughs> man. That's and, great. and also, um, we like uh, me and Zach are very involved with Real Recovery, which is a group that takes men with cancer on free fly fishing mm. retreats, and we volunteer yeah. with them as like fishing buddies. And uh, we are going to donate, I think, like ten percent of everything to mm-hmm. real recovery yeah. at the end of every year. So um, we're going to try to give back and as well. Ian and I are very active in backcountry hunters that is and a anglers, good point. and we're going to give 10% of everything we make <laughs> to backcountry hunters and anglers. Okay. But and we I, don't sell anything. <laughs> no, no. You know, actually, though, I'm okay with, like, swapping it up because you guys are very active with that, so we could donate 5% to each. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think bottom line. We should is also we talk about getting Honey Hole on the two percent for conservation, which is a certification that you get for giving two percent of your profits and stuff to conservation. Is there ten percent for conservation? No, it's two. <laughs> so um, it's you guys, one percent your time and one percent your uh, money. Oh, I oh, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, it's well, pretty. It's pretty. Pretty sweet. To do, and there's even another podcast for that. Mm. Um, but I think we need to get a all of y'all on it. I'm on it already as a personal. Need to get y'all all personally on it, and then we can do honey hole angling on it. Mm. Cool. Yeah, we can look into that. Do you guys have any other um, like closing statements, notes, comments? I would just say, as as fun as we are, we really 
do care a lot about the outdoors and conservation. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to get into fly fishing or hunting, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys have qu- if you're just trying to get into it, we'll help. Yeah. So just like reach out to us, reach out to the Honey Hole page or like our personal. Um, if you liked one of us better, you know, you can reach out to that person and we'll like, you know, like, you know, make sure the rest of the group knows that we got picked over, over them. Yep. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right guys. Well, we'll see you guys on the next episode and what outlets are we going to be on? Oh, so every outlet, every outlet. So we're going to be on iTunes, Stitcher, yep. or yeah, we'll be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google. There's Spotify. A, Spotify. We'll also be on YouTube. Um, eventually, we're hoping to get to the point where we'll also film the podcast. But we're just going to like put up an image and put like the audio recording up on YouTube, which that helps us out on that channel. But and if you guys leave us a review, it will help us like rank higher. Oh yeah, for sure. In our in the podcasts, and uh, I think we might do like a review giveaway after a couple episodes. Like everyone that's left a review, uh, Kevin sent us some kits, and we have some like books and stuff like that, and hats to give away. Yeah. Um, another oh, cool. thing I think we should mention is that this is a solely independent endeavor. We are not professionals in this, <laughs> and we are not claiming to be. True. It's four friends having fun talking about outdoors in South Central Texas and wherever else we may go on a trip. We are not sponsored by anyone Yet. or anything like that. We Yet. are just four guys. Right. Yet. 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 I'll take a sponsor. Lubiderm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you own a huge outdoor company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Somehow, like, you know, during COVID, stumbled upon this. You know, yeah. feel free to reach we're, out. We're we're not too proud to ask for a sponsor because um, it helps us out with the equipment, and uh, so and it also helps us donate to backcountry hunters and anglers and real recovery. So we're not yeah. too proud, and other conservation efforts. Yep. So, yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. See you.